Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number nine of the unofficial, official, unofficial Rogue Company podcast broadcast. I'm here with Cole Reed. I'm here with Dirt Lord. I'm here with Garbo. And I'm here with Griffin. And today we are talking about all the latest Rogue Company news you need to know and possibly something very special in the community section. So be on the lookout for that later in the episode. But right now, let's talk about the canon update. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's what, an understatement, bro. Yeah. I mean, I was at work, of course, when all this, because they do their updates early in the morning, which is fine. Like, that's good. It's good that they do them early in the morning so that they can monitor the situation. But they had a lot of shit to monitor on this update. Um, they sure did. Yeah. Like, they they scheduled the downtime for the update. It was like, what, an hour and a half? Something like that. An hour, oh hour and a half. Then, yeah. they had to, then they ended up having to extend it like another hour, and then they had to keep extending it. Then they finally was like, all right, the update's done. We're putting the servers back online. And then they're like, wait a minute. We got to take the servers offline because something something is happening. What, 12 minutes later or something? Yeah. Yeah. Like legitimately like less than 20 minutes, probably less than 15 minutes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, And then they worked on it some more and then they put them live again, but limited the logins for everybody. And then finally got everything in a somewhat stable condition i guess you i guess you could call it that right i i don't know what you call it but i didn't play that night you know they always do the update on tuesday and tuesday we have prior commitments go listen to real estate podcast but we weren't able i wasn't able to play it did did anybody else play it while the uh after the update went live i don't play unless it's with you guys so I guess the first experience that we had with the update was probably Wednesday night, the day after the update. Night. And yep. norm, normally that's kind of a good idea anyway. Like, I'm glad that they do the updates on Tuesday whenever I'm not able to play the game. Because, like, if I got off work and I was excited about playing this new Rogue and all this kind of stuff, and I came home and, like, either the logins were limited and I couldn't get into the game, or it was still down, or it was just constantly crashing... I would not be a happy camper whatsoever. Yeah, man. People on Twitter were pissed. I mean, uh, upset. They were oh, upset. Yeah. They were They were not happy whatsoever, right? Displeased. Watch that tone, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but they finally got it released in a stable condition. I think two days later on Thursday, they released a hotfix to try to address a couple of the issues that are still in the game. And... They fixed some of the issues from what I understand, but there's like, okay, they disabled the tier again. Uh-huh. Like mm-hmm. I didn't put the third time, right? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't put that in the, the talk as a talking point for the episode, but I just wanted to go ahead and mention it. They disabled the tier again. And I think and this that, is when they put it back in. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They, they released the tier with the <laughs> Canon update and then like uh-huh. what, two or three days later, they disabled it again. Yeah, because of I think what crashing issues. Yeah, they yeah. were thinking that it was Which causing. Is what's been happening every time. Yeah, exactly. Um, I have a theory though of why the tier is doing this. Uh, they haven't messed with any gun as much as they've messed with the tier, and I think for that, sure. Yeah, and I think that they went in and some of the code is actually corrupt. I mean, well, I mean, they changed it from a two shot to a one shot, back to a two shot, and they've messed with the damage and the fire ray over and over again. Yeah. 
That's been the most tinkered with gun out of all the Rogue Company guns so far. I feel like it's one of the least used ones, too, even when it was in the game. Because you don't see that many fixtures sniping and demolition anymore. No, I mean, it's no. it's far and few between, for sure. And You don't really see them anymore at all. Well, you, I mean, usually when I see them, it's a DMR. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Which is good because that's a two tap headshot, and if you can get them in the the smoke, you've got them. Yeah, all day, right? Yep, all day. Yeah, and I've been screwed by a couple of fixtures with that uh, DMR as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, and here's I feel bad for the people that that have the ability to grind out the weapon mastery, but since the weapon mastery's released, I don't think the tier's been in there a full week. Mm-mm. So I'm sure a few people completed it because they just grinded it out while it was in there, but not many. Yeah. So and then you've currently only got one sniper rifle available, which is fine. Like the the long body's a fine sniper rifle, and and I enjoy that sniper rifle and using it. But like in a recent um, Rogue Company interview, you know they were talking about the challenges with creating new weapons like the sniper rifle because there's only so many ways that you can skin a cat, right? A sniper rifle has to do two things. It has to zoom in and it has to one-shot down someone if they get a headshot in Rogue Company. So how do they make unique weapons with the sniper rifle formula? But I'm sitting here thinking like, why are you worried about that? You need to fix the one of the two sniper mm-hmm. rifles that you currently have. have. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Maybe they never mess with it at all. They never would have had to fill with it ever. You know what I mean? Yeah. They just never mess with it. It never would have got kicked out of the game, you know, or crashed the game. Three updates in a row going on a fourth update. So, but anyway, I didn't put that as a talking point, but I wanted to go ahead and mention that the tier has been disabled again because they think that it is linked some to some of the console crashes. Um, but with that being said, let's talk about our boy Cannon. So, I know, right? So Cole Train. Well, yeah. We've all played Cannon a little bit, and one of the most limiting factors of playing Cannon since he was released in the game is the fact that like it happened last night specifically. If I play with Cannon, I know that there's a possibility that someone on the team is gonna have an audio bug with that. Mm-hmm. Yep, almost every time Cannon spins his crap up, it messes with my audio. And there was one game. Anything. There was one game last night where you spun up in the first round, and it was consistent through the game. Yeah, so that see that's not a good, that's not good at all. No, I can't hear footsteps. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, yeah, you were hearing it in the plane. Yeah. So they're working on trying to, of course, fix the bug that causes that, but that that gives you a certain limitation because it's like. Then you have to really sit down and think. It's like, okay, we all need to play and experience the rogue so that we have we we can talk about them, you know, based off of our experiences. But if it's gonna like possibly limit two of the people that you're playing with, then is yeah. it really gonna be worth trying them out in a game where you could easily be steamrolled because you're at a disadvantage like that? Yeah. And, right. And and all in all, my full oh like my first impressions of Canon, uh, I think that the Sahara and the striker 810 was a great weapon combo to give him right out of the gate. Yeah. I think that the C4 made sense. 
I think that the adrenaline shot makes less sense for him because mm-hmm. he has life drain and headstrong. Yeah. I understand that they're wanting him to be more of a tanky character, but Anvil has life drain and he has headstrong and he also has a shield, which Cannon's ability has some shielding capabilities, but yeah. they gave him the, they gave Anvil the APS and they gave uh Cannon adrenaline shot i think that he would have been better if he would have had the tear gas in my opinion and i know that the tear gas is is one of those gadgets that is not really a go-to specifically for me but i think that if you couple the tear gas with his ability to yeah. where they can't land shots yeah now maybe that would be too op but i think that that would make more sense in my opinion than giving him the adrenaline shot see i thought an emp would work really well in place of that Oh, that would, yeah, that's a good idea. And yeah. Because he would be able to shut down some stuff that could stop him from, from revving up. Yeah. And then just rev up and just start lamping. Because I, I think that his ability is really solid, especially if you can get him grouped up in a corner. Because mm-hmm. you can just rip through them, dude. Mm-hmm. And him paired with someone like Switchblade or Dima, where you can cut off an escape. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. I, I honestly like that idea better than the tear gas because that you were 100%. Because, like, most of the time, whenever my experience playing with cannon, as soon as I, I rev it up, then here comes the Dima blast, the switchblade blast. Yep. Here comes the incendiary grenades. Here comes the C4. Like, every piece of utility that that team has is going to target yep. you specifically. If, and if there's a glitch, he's going to try to hack you. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You can, shut, you can shut his hack down with an EMP, which is the best part of it. Yeah. So you hack the hacker. Yeah. <laughs> See what I did there? Yeah. <laughs> um, as far as his passive ability, Conflict Connoisseur, I love the idea of the refunding ammo after, you know, landing shots. But <clears throat> it is so inconsistent in my experience that it really, yeah. it, it's a coin flip. There's no statistics. There's no stat, there's no percentage, there's nothing. You may get ammo back and you may not. And and whenever I did my video earlier today about my first impressions of Cannon, it was like, if you go into a gunfight situation with the Sahara, we're going to use that as an example, and you know that after every three shots, you're going to get one bullet back. And you know that the weapon does like, what, 24 base body damage at you know medium to close range, and then it has a really good headshot damage. So you need a total of like five bullets to down someone. You got four bullets behind cover, and you know after that third shot, you're going to get refunded one and they're pushing you, and you don't have the opportunity to reload, that's the difference between winning and losing a match. Yeah. And you're taking a chance on your passive ability maybe working because we don't have the numbers. Yeah. And that's why it is so important in these games that they actually put the numbers, percentages, inside of these update notes so that we actually know what we can expect when we're playing these characters. How it works. The program is just rolling a fucking D20 for every bullet that hits them. Yeah, exactly. Because some... (laughs) Sometimes, like if uh, if I was using the Striker or even the Sahara, you'd take 10 shots and no ammo was refunded. And then the next five shots, every single shot would refund you one am- ammunition. And it's like, this makes mm-hmm. no sense. Like, there's no rhyme or reason to it whatsoever. Yeah, just give a little consistency to it so you can really kind of play yeah. more tactical. Yeah, exactly. Tactical and, shooter. And I don't like every think, third or fourth shot. Yeah, and I don't think that that's too much to ask for. Not at all, man. 
So keep it simple. I mean, maybe they just didn't want people to like get used to it, you know, have it in a different inconsistency. So it's not consistent. So that way they can't like build a like well, that's, just said, tactical advantage towards it. Well, that's kind of the whole point of the game though, with a tactical shooter is to be able to play tactically. Yeah. So you should be able to plan your moves out so you know what you're doing. Instead of just running and gunning and hoping for the best. It's like right. I mean it's like a game of chess. The only difference is that the other pieces are moving while you're moving as well. Yeah. And some of them have RPGs. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or swords. Yeah, exactly. Right. Overall, what do you guys think of y'all's first impressions of Canon? I think he's a really solid character so far. He reminds me of a Rambo Steve Harvey. Yeah. He's he's a big Steve Harvey. I mean, he, he really is. Like, he reminds me of every like buff '80s <laughs> dude with a Jerry curl. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hush now. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? What was the Hush dude now. from? Uh, I can't think of it. But yeah, that that was funny when he picks you up and says, "Hush now." Brave, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's so soft spoken. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. he makes you feel safe. You're like, you do in my pocket. <laughs> yeah. I do like his personality, like in comparison to the rest of the rogues, because like, yeah, yeah, they kind of show it. Yeah. Yeah. Because everybody's either like very straightforward. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Or, you know, they're like, you're lucky that I'm on your team. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. All right. Talon. 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 Lucky I'm even playing with y'all. This dude. During the walk up before is skipping. He's happy. Yeah. He's just happy to be there, man. (laughs) And and that really shows through the uh, shows through playing like his little voice quips and all that kind of stuff when stuff's going on. Like it's great. It's like a good contrast because like I understand that they're trying to make all the rogues like very serious and take everything very seriously. But like you know, it, it's amazing how like even when I'm playing canon and things are just going completely downhill, my attitude is a lot better because the attitude of the character is like either making me laugh or it's, you know what I mean? It's just, it does help a lot. Yeah, it really does. And I think that they should incorporate some of that stuff in with their skins, because I mean, if they're going to continue to release new skins, release some goofy ass skins with some crazy, funny voice lines. So that like, maybe I can play, you know, Mac and not want to like strangle my dog, you know, like they did with the Dallas with the, on the metal. Yeah, yeah. Rocker, you know, pack. I mean, even you they got Doc skin, so you Sam. have a whole whole new voice lines for him and stuff. Yeah. It's not, it's possible to do. Oh, yeah. Uh, before we move on from canon, I want to mention this. And I, and I talked about this, like I said, there's a video that, that's already been up that... And I was thinking about this while I was mowing the yard, too. So the reception for Runway was overwhelmingly positive by the community. Yeah. And the reception for Canon has been positive, but quiet, I guess is the best way to explain it. And well, he wasn't the most anticipated rogue of all time. Well, yeah, that's, yeah, you're right on that. But I think that there's another crucial factor that goes into that. And I think that the reason why that she was so anticipated is because her ability is so brain dead straightforward. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but I mean that her ability is so brain dead that anybody can pick that character and they can, they can utilize her ability 100% in the positive, unless you like stick yourself or do something stupid. 
And I think which that, I've seen. Yes, yeah, right. And I think that with a character like Cannon being released, it's it takes a lot more timing, yeah. planning, and strategy on when to actually use his ability and when for it to be effective that a lot of people yeah. are 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 automatically gonna gravitate towards that brain dead play style like Lancer, right? Because you mm-hmm. trigger you trigger the ability, it does everything for you. You move faster and you don't make any noise. You don't have to think about it. But whenever you're playing someone like Switchblade or Dima or Cannon or Glitch or any, a lot of these other characters, it's like it's very important when to actually use your ability and and having the awareness and and the 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 like mental capacity to actually be able to do, use that and pull it off effectively. And that's disregard the actual hitboxes of all that stuff and how it it screws everything up when you use it but you have to actually put some thought into it and i think that that's why you're going to see we'll probably see more rogues come out that are going to follow that runway you know dallas um lancer trend to where it's you trigger the ability, it does what it's supposed to do, and then it's going to go away. As opposed to trigger the ability, you have to time everything out perfectly, you have to make sure that you're not screwing this up for your team, and then hope for the best. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to run through some of these changes, and we can kind of comment on them real quick from the canon update. So the Switchblade lockout, I haven't played Switchblade since the update, but I know that a couple of you guys have. They increased the lockout timer after you use the Chaos Launcher. How's it feeling? You better, I mean, it's the same, really. It's not much. Yeah, it's not you very I mean? noticeable. Like, yeah. I was about to say, I honestly haven't played her since. Yeah. It was just I've only a few played her a couple of times. But it, yeah, it's not enough to, to matter. Yeah. Right. It didn't ruin it. Um, I haven't seen the, the Lancer quote-unquote nerf uh, where she is able to be revealed while she's using her ability. I have played Lancer, and I haven't really noticed it. So no, I don't know. I've got to tinker with that more. Uh, glitch though, I love it. Yeah, his his ability change is one of the biggest things that they've done to the game in a very long time. Of course, other than releasing like new characters and things like that, and I think that it is it's one of the best things that they've done in the update. Dude, to be able to cut off rogues that are using their ability like Scorch and Cannon in the middle of the ability is so so helpful like it's it's one it really is one of the best changes they've made to a rogue since the beginning of the game yeah like outside of maybe like trenches barbed wire doing yeah doing shit because that that probably is still the best change they've done to a rogue yeah i'm i'm very happy that glitch finally got some love and he is such he was always a viable character but now he's even more of a viable character and you can actually see it and feel the impact of it in a match and it feels so good He's quickly rose to my top rogue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, his his weapon uh, choices and everything, man, is it, just solid. Um, speaking of weapons, the weapon changes, uh, we've only got a couple here. The MLX Maul, so they you know increase the ADS accuracy. And I could feel it when I played with Anvil. Like It feels yep. like it's a little bit less bouncy, a little bit more consistent, and it feels great. It was feeling like an SMG in close-up fights when I was using it. Yeah, I know it's it's ridiculous, right? It's really good, dude. Yeah, uh, the HRM thirty KS. I used it with Trench in a couple of matches, and um, 
I never noticed how bouncy that gun really was. Like, I've always noticed how inconsistent it was, but I've never noticed how bouncy it was at range until this update happened. Because now, I feel very confident going into firefights, and I honestly wish that Dallas still had this weapon. That's all personal opinion, of course. I think that the Riptide's fine, but I think that the HRM-30KS, the way it's performing now, was exactly the way that it should have been performing all along, and I think that it fits, fits Dallas's play style more than the Riptide does. Uh, the KA-30, of course, um, they increased the accuracy loss per shot, and I could kind of feel that, but it's not a lot. So it's still beaming. People are still prioritizing that weapon in a huge way. Yeah. Still felt pretty much the same when I ran him with that gun. Yeah. Um, the full body. So they actually brought to the live game the FOV for the scope. And I love it. Yeah, I, you were hitting some yeah. shots with that thing. Yeah. Yeah, you were, dude. I don't think it's any different. It might feel different for console. I'm not sure. <clears throat> Really I haven't looked at it yet, me. so I don't know. Right. So, well, and that's a good thing, though, uh, Justin, to be honest with you, because, like, I mean, a lot of people are online talking about how they can, it, it it's thrown their sniping game off because it's so jarring and all this kind of stuff. And to me, it, it just feels way better because I'm more aware of what's going on. And also, like, like they said, the maps aren't really big enough to even justify having a sniper on most of them, much less a sniper that zooms in to like 80% of the screen is gone. Yeah. So, yeah. Justin said at one point it felt like an ACOG scope, and this is a game that has sized maps that make more sense for an ACOG type scope that you shouldn't go over more like a, a four time zoom at the most. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like I said, it didn't affect me any because. I do the same things I always do, which is I don't try to stay in the scope. I try to look down it, hit my shot, and then be back out so I'm full screen. Um, so I'm going to skip over the MXR change because I honestly don't know if that's in the game or not. I think it might be a typo, and we'll talk about that in the next topic. Um, the EMP grenade, I've seen a lot more people prioritizing that over lethal gadgets for the rogues that actually have access to the EMP grenade. And I think that it makes sense that they applied the same effect that glitch had to the emp grenade incendiary grenade so they completely kind of reworked the incendiary grenade and i kind of forgot that this change was happening in the game until you get hit with it and then you're like holy shit i'm on fire yeah i'm about to die yeah it's <laughs> a, you yeah. have you have to make a very immediate response to mm -hmm. being hit with incendiary grenades now and then bug fixes so they they fixed a couple of bugs in here with like some of the sprays are not overlapping correctly or um, the borders are overlapping. Fix an issue where the tier scope line would change to white when other rogues activated an ability. Well, it's not even in the game, so that really doesn't matter. They, they did fix a couple of things here and there, but nothing really major um, on the bug fix side. It's a lot of, I guess you would call it quality of life bug fixes more so than actual bug bug fixes. But all in all, I think that if the cannon update would have went off perfectly kind of like the season three update more or less did more or less um yeah i think that you know the, of course the update being so screwed up and and the issues that they were having with it is kind of what held it back and it kind of turned a lot of people off from actually playing the game for a couple of days because of these issues mm -hmm. and it's it sucks that it's that way but unfortunately, that's the world that we live in whenever it comes to rogue company updates so It'll be what it'll be. I mean, we'll keep playing the game, and hopefully it won't crash out or 
you know, something catastrophic will happen while we're in game. All right. Y'all want to check out this week in road company? Let's go. So on the last this week in road company, which actually came out last month, but we're just now getting around to it because of the upload schedule. Uh, they talked about a couple of weapon changes and some gadget changes that are coming up. So I guess one of the biggest weapon changes, in my opinion, is the uh, MXR. They're reducing the amount of bloom per shot, and they're also reducing the horizontal recoil. Now, like I said, they added this to the cannon updates, but they specifically said that this wasn't going to be going into the game until the update after the can after cannon was released. I don't think the hotfix counts as that update, right? Mm -mm. So this stuff hasn't made it into the game yet. I don't know why it's on the patch notes for the Canon release, but so the MXR changes I'm very happy with. And the main reason why is because the MXR is just not competing with the rest of the DMRs, specifically the Mamba. It's just not competing with it at all. I think that this is a step in the right direction for the MXR, but it also gets us into that TTK, you know, snowball mm -hmm. effect to where, you know, the damage numbers are fine, yeah, but they're, you know, making it pinpoint accurate, which it's a DMR. It should be pinpoint accurate to a fault, and this is overall going to affect the TTK of the weapon, whether they want to admit that or not, right? Yep. So we've got that to look forward to in an upcoming update, and then also the arbitrator is buffing the base and upgraded fire rates for the weapon. We got destroyed by an arbitrator the other night. Yeah. It was destroyed. bad. Destroyed. Um. It was so bad that we went into a private match and did some yeah. testing for this weapon, you know, because not a lot of people run it. And I understand that not a lot of people running it because it's not really compared to the rest of shotguns. It's really not viable. You get two shots. You have to reload. It's something that does take time to reload, even though it does reload fairly quickly. I know that buffing the base and upgraded fire rates are going to put it in a better position, but is it still going to be able to outclass the rest of the shotguns? I don't really think it's going to be up to snuff with them, in my opinion. That's Not just with the rest of them, no. I just feel like the arbitrator at this point, and I know that it's, you know, the lead developer, one of his favorite weapons in the game. I get that. It needs to be reworked. It's just not viable, especially in a competitive environment. It's not worth using. That's the only person I've ever seen do work with it. Yeah, yeah. I know. For the gadget changes, so the C4 level 2 upgrade increases damage from 150 to 175 to negate the effects of tenacity. So I looked at the actual upgrade path for the C4 in the game, and originally the increased damage was a level 3 upgrade. So I don't know if they're actually swapping the levels around for the C4 or if this was just you know something that was um, mistaken during the update. Uh, the This Week in Rogue Company. But I wanted to throw that in there because if they do start changing with the upgrade tiers on it, then that might be a problem. You know, they're, well, they're uh, fixing it. Like, if you have tenacity, it'll still fuck you up. It'll still down you, yeah. Well, what's the point of having tenacity, then? Yeah, legit. I mean... I think that the idea... Cheap dirt. Yeah, and I think the idea behind this is, like, none of the gadgets or none of the explosive gadgets or any of the abilities can take anybody down with tenacity in one explosion, unless you're using the bounce grenade with Seeker. I think that's the only way that you can down someone that has tenacity, especially if they have Headstrong. And I think that they're trying to make one explosive gadget in the game have the effect of 
negate and tenacity as a counterplay measure. Okay. That that's I how get that. Yeah, that's kind of how I took it. C4 is a gadget that it's like I think the second most popular gadget among the rogues other than the frag grenade. It's so, a risk reward one too. Exactly. Yeah. Cuz you yeah. got to get a little closer to be able to toss it at them. Yeah, yeah. Um, the frag grenade, the explosion radius increase for higher minimum damage at the edges of the explosion radius. So that they, they said that they were expanding it by 10 to make it a little bit bigger, but also the, the damage fall off is basically going to be less or less than what it currently is. That's kind of how I took that. Uh, and I think that that's okay. I mean, the frag grenades is kind of the most inconsistent grenade in the game, in my opinion, because Sometimes you'll throw a grenade right on somebody and, you know, even if you don't hold it to, to delay the fuse or to bring the fuse down on it or whatever, they may be close enough to it where you're like, how did that not damage them more? And then sometimes you'll throw it and they're like, how did you down that person with that grenade? Because you like yeah. completely over, overthrew it. You know what I mean? And then the Simtex, the level two upgrade will increase the non-stuck damage from 100 to 125, which makes sense because... Um, I think that this was a a realization with the release of of runway and the ability to carry one simtech and then refresh it to two more uh, you know two additional simtechs after you hit the briefcase. Most people, myself very much included, is not trying to go for a stick when they throw a simtex. I don't try to go for sticks with it. If I get lucky and get a stick on it, then that's great. I try to use it as a tool to drive people out of cover. Because you can yep. angle it in the right way to where it'll land right on the other side of the cover on the edges of it, and it will cause yeah. someone to move out. And it's not doing a lot of damage no. based off of the explosion radius. So to me, honestly, I would have rather them increase the explosion radius of the Simtex itself at base. But they're mm-hmm. actually increasing the damage from 100 to 125. So I guess that in turn, that means that there's going to be um less fall off damage but still though like we would have to look at the numbers for that which we don't have but in theory the fall off damage should be less whenever you're doing more damage at base but i'm excited for this stuff to actually be introduced into the game um i'm very excited about the mxr changes and i'm interested to see how these gadget changes are going to go because several several updates ago they went in and nerfed all the lethal gadgets and said that they wanted the game to be focused more so on gunplay than actual utility play. And then now they're reneging on it and increasing a lot of the things with the gadgets themselves to promote more gadget play. It's just like, I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me, but you know, I'm not going to pick a lane. I'm not going to raise my tone. So, right. Speaking of DMR changes with the MXR, Kramar showed us something on Twitter. I think this was actually, uh, saw first, by Radthar, but I'm not 100% sure. I know that I, I yeah, I, I saw think it. He saw that. Yeah, I saw it first from Radthar posting yeah. it, and he put, he's giving him credit for it here. Oh, yeah, yeah, I see that. Yeah, now. okay. So Radthar actually saw this in game. As you can see here, there is possibly a new DMR coming into the, into the game called the Bishop, and this is the statistics for the Bishop itself. And I know that this is a work in progress weapon, I understand that, but I did a comparison of the Bishop between the MXR, the Aaron, the Mamba, and the D3DI. 
And if you look at all their base stats all across the board, this is the worst weapon by far. It's worse than the Aaron. It's worse than the MXR. Like, it's basically take all of the, the DMRs and then drop everything down a couple of points and you get the Bishop. And the only way that this is going to be appealing, in my opinion, to players is if it does something unique. So whenever you look at the damage that the Mamba does at base, it does 16 damage at base. Either 16 or 17. But it's also a three-round burst. So it's 16 times three or 17 times three. This gun is going to have to do... I know it does 29 body damage. The MXR, I believe, does 26 body damage. And the Aaron does 30 body damage. This thing shoots slower than the MXR. And I think it shoots slower than the Aaron as well. So it really doesn't make a lot of sense why this exists unless it does something unique. It does have a larger clip on it. If that picture is the right picture. I don't I mean it looks like an AR. Yeah. Well I the, don't even know if that's the real photo. The the base clip size of the MXR is like nine, I think, and then you upgrade it to twelve or sixteen. Oh, yeah, it says there this one could be 18. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the Mamba, whenever you, like, at base, it's 32, and when you upgrade it, it's, like, 42. And, yeah, it's a three-round burst, but, like, how many bursts are you getting out of a weapon that has 32 bullets in it? That's a pretty good bit, right? Like, 10, 11? Yeah. So it's it's right on par with this weapon here. And this does significantly less damage than that weapon does. I think that it might be another burst weapon, um, but I think it'll be a, instead of a three-round burst, it may be a two-round burst. Mm -hmm. And I think that that would be very interesting, or it would have to be something something very unique and something very specific to make it... For those actually, numbers to make sense. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I don't, I, I'm assuming that this will be coming with a future Rogue, and I'm, I have a feeling that we probably won't get another Rogue for a while at this point. But, um, since they doubled down. Yeah. Yeah. Since they doubled down. Yeah. So I'm very interested to see what actually comes from that weapon. Next here we have extraction is back in the game guys. Yes, it is. <laughs> I think that was a peace offering. Yeah, I know. Right? Like the update releases. So, you know, all over the place and people were complaining, like I'm on here buying all this stuff. I can't even play. Yeah. And they're like, give them extraction. So it's here. only going to be in there for two weeks. Yeah, it's a it's a LTM. So, oh. which they ran, I think dodgeball for two weeks, which is great. I'm glad that they're running it on two week schedule. I'm just happy that King of the Hill is still not the limited time mode. And and they said they were doing some bug fixes on extraction. And the only thing that I see that's different is it says the cube is active. Mm -hmm. That was the only thing that was really, and it blows up. Yep. Yeah. It didn't blow up before. Yeah. Um, the, well, those two things, <laughs> all the plant locations were in the same place that they were before. Uh, it still plays the same. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know what bugs were in there to be. Maybe the matchmaking. With. Maybe that's the, the major bug with it. So last up, Kramar posted on Twitter, uh, an AMA. So what ended up happening was, I believe it was on Friday. Yep. Um, the community manager, High Res Mini, I think is what her 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 name is over on Reddit. It's Mini White Rabbit. I don't know what her real name is. Anyway, she did a uh, fireside chat slash Q and A with Radar, 
and they answered some questions that the community had. And Kramar got in there and he said he got about half of some of the responses on there. And I'm just going to pull some of these, you know, questions and responses up and kind of uh, run through them here real quick. While you're doing that, they did it at like, what was it? Three, three thirty four. Yeah. They did it at three thirty our time. Yeah. On discord. And yeah, of course, none of us could be there. Right. Yeah. And it sucks because I would have loved to have been involved with it. I would have loved to have recorded it. Yeah. Um, to actually have proof of everything that was said, because like transparency is a good thing. Doing a discord AMA with the developers is a very important thing, but it needs to be documented. It needs to be public made publicly available. If you're well, going to, it's all still there, right? Well, this I is see all, this fireside. Did they go, did they do like video? Uh, they either did video or just audio chat. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I think Let's it see. was, yeah. And I think that whenever you joined it, you couldn't speak, but you could type questions yeah, into the thing. You're locked out. Yeah. But they, they answered the questions, uh, vocally, however they did it, because I went back through it and I didn't see any responses yeah, I just looked yeah. from them. No. Yeah. So yeah, they should have saved that and uploaded it. Exactly. It would have been good information to have. And that would have been the perfect thing to actually, because this, this past week, they didn't do a This Week in Rogue Company. They yeah. didn't have a live stream. They should have done it through Twitch. They should have done it yeah. through YouTube, whatever. It doesn't matter. Like, they could have literally just had the fucking um, Rogue Company logo as the backdrop and no pictures, no webcams, no nothing. And then one person asking questions, kind of like a debate, and then have them to answer it. It would have been very simple to set up. And I think that it was very impromptu, but at the same time, like it needs to be documented. Yeah. Anyway, because I would have loved to seen it. So yeah, I, exactly. I mean, you know, so we do have a little bit of a transcript here from Kumar and I'm going to run through like some of the highlights of it here. So one of the things that pops up first is a uh, small reminder. Rogue company is still in beta. So it's still technically a beta game. Yeah. Which makes sense because they, uh -huh. you know, the game gets a lot of flack, right? If yep. the if the game, if since it's categorized, especially now by the developers, that it is still in beta, then that uh -huh. means oh, well, we're actively working the game into yeah. the full in release. Yeah, oh. exactly. So it's kind of a get out of jail free card, more or less. Um. More events like Arms Dealer are in the work, but there's no info yet. Uh, gunplay is important in Rogue and the main focus of the game. They're going to be focusing on a lot of lore in the future. Uh, they're going to be improving the patch notes in the future. Thank God. Um, all right. What is Rogue Company doing for player growth? Future platform opportunities. Not much inside info by many. So they're looking at releasing it to future platforms that are going to be coming out. Not exactly sure what that means and what, like uh -huh. we were talking about it earlier and Adam said, well, if someone comes out with another platform that's similar to steam or Epic, then they're going to try to release it on there. They've already got it released on the major platforms right now. Yeah. It, it would be nice if they did a Linux release. Oh yeah. I don't think that that would be too I'd much. I played on that. Yeah. Right. Creator program. So right now they're working on the program. They're updating the creator page and they're looking primarily for YouTube slash Twitch streamers 
but upcoming, they're going to be adding fan pages, podcasts, and cosplayers. Do you think we got a shot? The podcast? Yeah. No shot. But, okay. But they need to change the rules. Yes. To be a part of the, the, the program. Because, yes. like, when you go look at the list of, uh, what is it, their little content creators, most of those people don't even meet the... Yeah. You know what I mean? The list, but for, you know... Uh, they need to change that up. Yeah. It's a small game. I mean, they're asking too much. Yeah. They really are. I mean. Yeah, we got no shot, though. Our our tone's not right for that. Yeah. That. Yeah. Well, and, and here's the thing, man. <clears throat> I'm just going to say this, and I'm going to leave it at that. You need people that are willing to point out the faults of the developers of in a very critical way. Because if everyone praised everything that you did, then the game would completely turn to garbage. Also, if you had everyone that completely criticized your game at nauseum, your game would turn to garbage. You have to have a healthy mix of the two. Yeah. But you also need to take input and feedback from both sides of that equation. That's a big part of it. Yes. You don't need to take your feedback specifically from a hand a handful of of selected people that are not going to give you any resistance whatsoever because once they see what you're working on, they're going to be so excited. A lot of these people are going to be so excited to actually be part of this elite club to where they can, they know what's coming up. They just can't talk about it, that they're going to tell you everything that you want to hear because they're just happy to be there. You need more realistic people to give you more realistic feedback on the game. Because if well, you, you know come, the, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, if you come at me or any of us and say, look, we're thinking of adding this character into the game that does this and this and this and this and this, I'm not going to say good. I'm going to ask a shit ton of questions. Yeah. Yeah. Be, You're getting an honest opinion. We want to know. You, yeah. yeah. We're just trying to be That's, real. Yeah. Because if you would have came to me with the canon, like, let's say that you gave me the canon update notes and said how does this character sound i would have been like okay how does the minigun work yeah. why does why does he have a stem because he has headstrong and life drain and how yeah. what is the percentage of the you know ammo refund on his passive ability and like Man, the, i'm not knocking the pistol but really that one like okay that one doesn't bother me as much i i, I like he, that he's pistol. one of the so there's only two people with it yeah exactly yeah but uh, anyway, I was just wanting to say that, like, you know, some people may listen to the podcast or watch my videos and they may agree wholeheartedly with what is being said, or they may think that we're coming off as more intense than we're actually coming off. And in reality, we want the same thing to happen with the game that the people that praise it up and down, regardless of the bugs yeah. and the problems that are in the game, we want it to be in the best state that it could possibly be in. And there's enough people out there that's praising the game at nauseum. We see it constantly. We also see a lot of people that complain about things that are wrong with the game that get no traction. We're trying to bridge that gap a little bit. That's why the community yeah. section of the podcast exists. Well, a lot of the creators that they have, they still have a list of their little content creators. A lot of them don't even play the game anymore, and they're yeah. still on the list. Yeah. So they need to they need to completely you know rework the list. Oh yeah get rid of a ton of them and they need to start bringing right. other creators. Cause there are a lot of fantastic creators that are out there right now that deserve to be in that position. Yeah. Cause they're dedicated um, to it. 
dedicated. Dedicated. Put a lot of time in. Pouring it. Yeah, pouring emotion and like how they feel about it. We're not the only ones. We don't wake up every morning like I can't wait to bash Rogue Company today. No. No, absolutely. No. We uh, we love this game just as money much, on it. more than I the people who praise it constantly. I yeah. can't wait to get onto the podcast and us actually talk positive about it. Yeah. Like and, I'm not here. We're not here to just to like bash everybody's ideas. Yeah. We want the yeah, like Griffin said, we want the best outcome too. Yeah. Yeah, and I you know, some people might take the 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 tone of the way that we say things a little wrong. I think what it is is like we're just like a bunch of southern dudes who are kind of filthy mouthed and it's just how we talk. Well, down here where we're from, yeah. There's a lot of matter of fact people. A lot. A lot. Great of them. Yeah. And, and it's refreshing no to see it. Yeah. And and that's and that's the thing. You come down here, if you come to the south and you ask anybody exactly what they think about something, they're not gonna beat around any bush. They're not gonna kick nope. rocks about it at all. They're gonna tell you exactly what they think. And that's the way that we were all raised, and that's how we all are. And it's not anything that should be taken as a negative. It should just be taken as we're not sugarcoating this. If I think that your canon update was a complete shit show, that's because it was a complete shit show. You can't deny that it wasn't. Yeah. So there. <laughs> we want this to be the best game, not only for us, but for everybody else as well. Yeah. And I'm I'm and I'm hoping that's what high res's mission in this is as well. Yeah, and I think that we get into some of that stuff here with uh, the AMA. There's not going to be a Halloween event because there wasn't enough uh, time to get everything you know done for the Halloween update. Which bummer. Yes, understandable. I'm glad that they released a bunch of Halloween skins, but it would have been really cool if they had an arms dealer event specifically for Halloween and made it very spooky centric. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I will right. say that I've enjoyed all the skins so far. Yeah, yeah, I plan I plan on picking a couple of them up. You know, I've got vacation. Yeah. So I want that Saint skin. I want that the Saint skin sick. And the glitch skin is amazing. Oh my Look, god. Y'all want to talk about y'all want to talk about like, you know, you know, people saying that our tone and everything. The amount of work and detail that they put into these Halloween skins is fucking amazing. They look great. Oh, really. Boy. They some yeah. of the best ones they've released so far. Yeah, I would I, I honestly think that like these skins, other than a few a few outliers, are the best skins that they have done. There's been some battle pass skins that have been good, but these are legitimately the best skins that they've done so far. And like, yeah, I mean, you can't beat Doc. Well, dude. Well, yeah. Saint just got two good skins finally. Yeah. The one yeah. that's in the battle pass is pretty cool. Yeah. I'm not wearing yeah, a fucking I like yellow that skin coat a lot too. Yeah. And then the one that you can buy now—that's like—and he's been in the game since day one. Yeah, exactly. he's finally getting some love. Yeah. So rate the priority for the bugs, and this is the priority that they kind of work off of. How badly does it break the game, and how aware is the community of the bug? And I think that this is a good thing and a bad thing as well, because it's a good thing that they're taking community awareness and and of course the game breaking nature of the bug. But yeah. the downside of this is what if it's a bug that's only happening to a small subset of individuals that is causing the game to be breaking for them specifically and for 
whatever reason imaginable, they have no way of reaching out to make anyone aware of the bug. Well, on the the patch notes from the Rogue Company website, there at the bottom there was a hot fix, some kind of patch for a banner description. Yeah. What you yeah, know? Like, what does that matter, really? Was that priority to well fix it, the description of the banner? It was easy to fix. Yeah. Someone went in there and I retyped guess. it and, and submitted it. Hopefully, um, probably not the same person doing the notes because yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. So hot fixes have a big risk for the stability of the game. Complex issues equal top issues equals holding back, holding bugs back until the next big update. So what they're saying is every time that they incorporate a hot fix into the game, it they're at risk for, you know, unstabilizing breaking the game. Instability of the game, yeah. Which yeah. makes sense, but a hot fix is supposed to be to address bugs and fix bugs in the game. So it makes sense now why they don't have a hot fix every week. It would be nice if they could get to a point to where they have a hot fix every week. But I understand, like Call of Duty gets two updates a week. Rogue Company gets one update every two to th- two to four weeks. I understand that they're drastically different companies with yeah. with with the amount of people that work there and everything. But it would be nice if they could stabilize everything enough to where they could actually do a hot fix a week to try to correct some of these issues. Well, that's good information. Too bad it was only released here. Yeah, right. Yeah, I know. You know? Yeah. Console and keyboard, so no visibility, other team. So that means that they don't know anything about that because I know there's a lot of people that want to be able to use mouse and keyboard on console, but it's still not something that's in the game. Plans for more ranked modes, uh, most likely no limited time modes, no more info. So they are still tossing around the idea of increasing the ranked mode, but they just like to other game types, but they don't have anything, you know, they don't have any details on it. Um, matchmaking, no info. All right, right here. Uh, cooperation characters. And I think that what this means is like licensing characters, right? Mm-hmm. And this was the quote require fairly complicated licensing deals. And given those are in the same genre, probably, probably unlikely. So what they're saying is like, you know, look Marvel at Marvel scans. Yeah. Look at Fortnite. Yeah. They've got this, the license for, Marvel, DC, yeah, everything. Star Wars, like. Yeah. So how is a small company like this going to compete with Epic Games? I completely get that. But there are also smaller companies that you could try to license some of this stuff from. Or you just do a ripoff, too. Exactly. You change it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's a laser sword. Not a lightsaber. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, Right here. Epic and Steam will have PTS going forward. Console PTS, a question for smarter, smarter people than me. That was for many. So, no, yeah, <laughs> well, and that means that you know that she doesn't have the answer. But to me, it seems like that that, that would be a very a that's good a question. That's a yeah. question that needs to be answered, definitely. It does because the next question after that is catch bugs on PTS. The reason that they're not catching the bugs on PTS, not nearly same amount of players on PTS. As there are in the live game. Wonder why? Because the majority of the player base is yeah. on console. Yeah. And they run it for such a short amount of time too. Two days. Yeah. yeah. I've never heard of any PTS being run that that short. Yeah. So high res creator code system. 
And this was the quote. Ah, yes, there's a lot of extra work around that. Coding, UI, legal, tax forms, etc. Sounds like a no or not in the near future for me. That's what um, Kramar said about it. So high-res creator code system is something that exists in like Paladins, I think, and Smite. I'm not 100% sure, so don't, you know, quote me on that. But, I mean, it, it does make sense that they wouldn't want to pursue this because of the legal. Like, you're going to be under contract. Like, Tim and his creator code for Call of Duty, he's yep. under contract. He can't breach the contract. Hashtag comp partner. Yeah. Um, uh -huh. Of course, there's tax forms involved. You got to make money. They got to make money. The IRS has to be paid. So that's a whole different division of this yeah. company that they probably that sounds don't. sounds like a no. Yeah, it, it, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, 6v6 coming to Switch. And this is what was said. We're still evaluating the performance 6v6 would have on the Switch. As all of you wonderful Switch players know, you typically run into very cons console-specific issues that create an unfortunate experience. We don't want to introduce this until we know it's going to be a solid experience. Now, this is one of those things like this, in my opinion, is something that should have been tweeted out to be like, hey, yeah, we're still evaluating the Switch. We're not sure if the Switch can handle it. We want you guys to have the most solid experience that you can possibly have while playing the game. And we think it's in the best interest of the players and the company that we wait to release this until we get all of the evaluations yeah. for the Switch out of the way. How hard is it to tweet that out? I just a few seconds. I just wrote it for you. Yeah. And the Switch player base is always like, well, there's only one LTM in the game right now, and it's a 6v6 mode. And then other than Strikeout and Demolition, the only other game mode to play is a 6v6 game mode. It's like, you see what I mean? Yeah. Like, if this would have been released, then I think that people would have still been upset. You're not going to get rid of that. The people that have sense would have been like, okay, this makes yeah. sense. We don't want to stress it and cause it a very unpleasant experience. Let's wait until they figure something out. Either they can do it or they can't, but at least they're trying, right? Yeah. Uh, 6v6 player lobbies. This is something on the team's to-do list. We want to introduce it. So six-player lobbies, I'm guessing, is going to... There's two ways to kind of take that. It's either a six-player queue or it's a six-player private match. I was thinking the custom matches. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. If they could do both, that would be amazing. I understand why they would focus more on the custom matches first because yeah, uh, it would probably be way less work in the long run. You're just adding a couple of extra slots to invite people into. Yeah. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, melee only rogue. See, I, we've talked about a melee only rogue, and this is what this is. This was the response to that. There are a number of challenges around this. While Melee is part of our game, as Pretty Hair has said in This Week in Rogue Company, it's not the core of our game. It would be hard to balance a single Melee character around a bunch of rank, ranged characters. And Radar is absolutely right when he says this. 100% correct. But you can still give that character a ranged weapon. You can still give that character a melee weapon and have a melee yeah. foe, you know, Throwing focused. Stars. Exactly. Something, you know, you, you can play around with that idea and create something that is, that is more than fun to play. You just got to think outside the box, just a hair, Uh fixer tier issue. 
the tier is off, generating a lot of console player crashes. Rare instance with colorblind mode and spectator out of memory crash. So that's a lot of information. So the tier is off, generating a lot of console player crashes. Rare instance with colorblind mode and spectator out of memory crash. So basically what they're saying is like, if you're spectating someone that's using the tier. That's causing the crash? Either that or... I don't understand. Yeah. Or the colorblind mode. One of the... One of the two. Or maybe it's both. Because some people play with colorblind mode enabled, even though they're I not use colorblind. The third. Not colorblind. I, yeah, I use the one. Did you get three options? Yeah. I use the third one. Mm-hmm. The game just looks better. Right. I like it. So, I could see where that would be a problem. And you can't disable the colorblind mode. And no. you can't disable the spectator. But you can disable the tier. Exactly. <laughs> and out of memory. Out of memory crash, we had out of memory crashes constantly on Paladins when we played it on console. Yeah. Um, This is how bad it was for anybody that's interested. After every two matches that me and Marina would play, we would have to reset our consoles. And that was the the only... Yeah, on the Switch. Yeah. That was the only way to keep the game from crashing in the third or fourth match. You're running out of RAM. Exactly. Yeah. So... It's crazy that these new consoles like the PS5 and the Xbox Series S and X are having memory issues with... I don't know if it's those. Well, It's got to be the PS4 or something. Well, I don't know, dude, because like, think of... Like, here's my experience playing Rogue Company. The first five or six matches that we play run great. And then there's a point... There's a point that the game reaches in the night of playing to where my frames just start dropping yep. and they continue to drop. To for the- <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You're using up that Ram. It's just not freeing it up. Yeah. And they I do need got- to fix that. Yes. Because I've got 32 gigs of Ram. Yeah. Why is it? That using- shouldn't happen. Yeah. Why is it use using more than Google Chrome? Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> for real. So, and then last up is the tournament game mode. So uh, not in the short term, but it's a very cool idea. So that would be kind of cool if there was a tournament style game mode. And like COD has something like this to where, you know, they could win skins and stuff like that. Yep. And it, it would be fun if there was, it, if it was set up, it's like, okay, like on Friday nights or Saturday nights, whatever, we're going to have like a, a quote unquote tournament for rogue bucks or whatever. And then you Good go fun. on. Yeah. You go on there and you hit the queue thing and you get your team together and then you wait for a match. And then once that match pops up, you play that match out. Whether you win or lose, you either go to the loser's bracket or you stay in the winner's bracket and you sit there until the next next match happens. That would be awesome. Yeah. It would be fun. And if they had a way to incorporate how the ladders actually work and you could see how well you perform over it, that'd be kind of cool. But that is everything that I saw since the last time that we did the unofficial official unofficial rogue company podcast uh do you guys have anything that you would like to say before we hop over to possibly a very special community section uh no i'm good man yeah (laughs) i'm good (laughs) (laughs) all right well if you don't hear back from these guys i am here with co reed i'm here with dirt lord i'm here with garbo and i'm here with griffin and we are fixing the transition over into the community section You're either going to see and hear these guys again, or you may possibly see and hear someone else. Ooh.
So let's head over there and check it out. All right, welcome back, everyone. This is the community section of the broadcast, but we have a very special guest, as you can see on screen right now, Brad UK, Braddock, Team BP Brad. I mean, there's so many levels here. What what would you prefer us to call you by, man? Uh, Brad's fine. Brad's fine. That sounds perfect. That sounds perfect. Uh, one question that I wanted to ask that wasn't on the notes, how are you the happiest guy that plays Rogue Company? <laughs> I like I swear, man, what me and me and the rest of the guys that do uh broadcasts and everything, the one comment that everybody made all across the board was, How is he so happy? Every time that we watch a stream or or we watch a YouTube video, you seem to be the happiest person on the entire planet. How do you do it? Uh firstly, thank you for having me. It's a is a real pleasure and uh I'm really looking forward to working with you. Um, but I think that's just me as a person. Um, so day-to-day -day life, I'm generally, uh, my happiness is, or would you say my happiness levels are uh, really high. Right. And um, I think that really gets portrayed across in my videos. Um, yes. Some people may think it's a persona, uh, but it's actually, it's actually just me. Um, so uh, if you knew me in a personal level or you had a chance to play with me um, when I'm not sort of streaming or stuff, I'm very much the same. I'm very young, excitable, even though I'm getting on a bit and 29. But uh, yeah. Hey, don't worry about that, man. I'm 31. A couple of the other guys are older than me. So, you know, I guess we could be the grandpas of Rogue Company if you want to put it that way, right? <laughs> you don't look 31, my friend. Oh, uh, you don't look 29, man. I swear. You look just like my cousin and he like just turned 20. It's crazy, man. <laughs> Good, uh, I'll say good skincare products. Well, you know, it's it's all the humidity out here. It just keeps yeah. your skin all moist. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, man. So how long have you been playing Rogue Company? So uh, my, it was actually my brother that got me into Rogue Company. Um, I think he saw that one of the top streamers that he was watching on Twitch was playing it. And um, he was like, oh, bro, you know, come and check this out. And this was November last year. Right. And um, I hadn't, I've only just moved into my flat at the time. And um, I just bought a new PC. I didn't know nothing about PCs. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to download Rogue Company as one of my first games. And the rest is history, you know. Um, right. I started watching a YouTuber called Clinics9, which is surreal now because he drops into my streams and says hello. So the person that I originally first started watching kind of like, not, not knows who I am, right. but has an understanding of who I am maybe. And even some of the other goats of Rogue Company, like Raddar, he drops in my stream. And it's all just become a little bit overwhelming. And I would say that's the biggest tie that's sort of keeping me playing the game right now. And um, But that's how I ended up getting into it. Kind of a combination through word of mouth through my brother. Right. Um, from actually playing it and getting hooked. Because the gameplay when I first played it was absolutely amazing. Um, it was nothing. It was kind of like an in-between between, between uh, Counter-Strike and sort of um, Call of Duty. Or yeah. more so Call of Duty now, as you describe in one of your videos. It's right. like Rogue of Duty. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> and um, and uh, yeah, so that's kind of what's happened. So um, in your experience uh, playing video games from whenever you started playing until now, was um, third-person shooters ever something that you kind of, um, I guess was drawn to original like at any point or was it something new for you going into no it? not at all so my when i was very very young um i actually played condition zero on um on the pc which was one of my first experience of 
competitive gaming, if you like. I was in a uh, a team called Clan Ninja Turtles, and uh, uh, all these older men they wanted me to go to a land in Somerset, and my mum was like, "You're not going to a land in Somerset, no way. You're like twelve. What are you doing?" Um, but then Call of Duty Four come out, and that was really the law into first person competitive shooters to the customization and everything that Call right. of Duty Four offered. And then from then on, I sort of almost stuck to that sort of game. You get sucked into the franchise and Call of Duty being first-person shooter. That's kind of where my loyalty sat. Then, of course, the groundbreaking Fortnite dropped. And I think everyone that originally played those types of first-person shooter games, I think that law of... Or definitely the mindset of just playing first-person shooter games was broadened a bit more when Fortnite was come out. Because we all know, whether you like it or not, whether you like the building or not, that game sort of changed a lot of things in the element yes. of it being a free download, it being the first billion-dollar game company or the growth to a billion-dollar game company uh, in such a quick amount of time. And um, I think that really set up or enabled me to come to terms with Rogue Company a lot more. Right. right. Um, and I, I really like it. Um whether when i flick back now to play other games like apex legends it feels a bit weird being in first person um i've almost got so custom and engrossed to being in third person that it's almost weird because you try and look beyond yourself and you're stuck in that first person vision right and um yeah no that's that's definitely that's definitely it yeah yeah, that, that makes perfect sense, man. I know that, uh, you know, I came from a Gears of War type background and that was a third person shooter. So a lot of that stuff was uh, it easily transitioned over into Rogue Company. And I tried to apply some of that same logic when I played Fortnite, but it doesn't since it's there's a building element to Fortnite, you really can't, you know, bring those skills together and, and make there is some similarities, but it ends at the fact that it's a third person shooter. Exactly. And, yeah, I agree. So and, and it's. And like you said, it's crazy because I never really sit down and actually considered that. It's like the biggest game in the entire universe was a third person shooter. Like yeah. it's kind of mind blowing because everybody thinks competitive shooter is automatically a first person shooter, but it, I've yeah. never even considered that. So yeah, that's a fantastic point, man. Mm-hmm. Um, so originally what drew you into the game was your brother. Yep. I was just gonna say, yeah, my brother and the combination of watching uh, a few people on, on the internet. Um, when did you decide to start creating content for Rogue Company? Almost straight away. Um, so for, I would say from Call of Duty 4, um, I've always wanted to create uh, content. Um, but you know how it is when you're growing up. You have limitations. Um, my parents weren't the wealthiest of people. And obviously to get things like capture cards, right. YouTube wasn't as uh, like as big as what it is now. So information wasn't as accessible as it is now. Like yes. how-to guides on literally how to do every <laughs> right. single like troubleshoot there is in the world. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that was my biggest limitation. And then going through college and stuff, I think I was scared of the fear of um, judgment of what people may think of me. Yeah. And then I think you get to that point in life where that really doesn't matter anymore. Um, so as I said, when I started Road Company content, uh, when I decided to start playing Road Company was really the trigger to for me to start making Road Company content. And as we was just touching on offline, I'd never really, since about 12 or 13, I've never used a PC since right. in the sense of editing and all that stuff. So it has been a massive roller coaster to learn how to do everything. 
but I would say in the last three months, my content and everything else has really picked up and my skills has really, um, I've come a long way um, from my first video that yeah. I actually made the thumbnail on paint, I think, right, to right. Uh, where I'm making them now. So uh, it's been it's been a whirlwind. But yeah, definitely the minute I started to, to play Row Company was the time I started to make uh, Row Company content. But what about yourself? So I started, oh, before I do that, congratulations on reaching 1,000 subscribers. Oh, that is you. that is a, a monumental task, man. I'm on my way there now. And uh, I'll get into my backstory in just a second, but it's amazing that what you've been able to accomplish in such a short amount of time. So congratulations on that, man. No, thank you. I, and I'm, I'm confident that you'll get there as well, my brother. Slowly but surely, right? One day at a time. One sub at a time, yeah. right? Exactly. <laughs> Um, so I originally started making content for a, another high res game called Paladins and okay. yeah. And, and kind of what I wanted to do was instead of making the content that I'm currently making, I wanted to do something more along the lines of like, I wanted to capture a moment in time so that 15 years from now, I can go back and watch those videos of me and my friends just kind of screwing around and having a good time playing video games. And then Rogue Company came out around the time I started getting burnout on Paladins because there's a lot of similarities between what is happening with Rogue Company and what happens what has happened with Paladins. Uh, you see it go through this cycle where bugs aren't getting addressed, things aren't getting addressed, and it, you see a huge player drop off. And then the team kind of stopped worrying about updating the game regularly and started focusing on fixing the bugs and stuff. But at that point, a lot of people were too far gone. And I think at that point, I was kind of too far gone with it because I played, I kind of got out of playing video games for a couple of years. Whenever I met my wife, uh, I kind of got out of playing it and I started focusing more on the relationship and work and trying to get everything in my personal life established. So something has to be pushed aside and video games just happened to be that thing. Uh, but Paladins pulled me back into it and I've probably pay, played like 2000 hours in Paladins total. Um but I started getting burnt out on it. I decided to pivot over to Rogue Company because we went to HRX one year and they had the alpha build of Rogue Company. And I watched people play it. I didn't play it, but I watched people play it. And I was like, I think this is going to be really big. I think this is going to be good. If there's nothing right now that really appeals to that Gears of War audience except for Gears of War. And I know mm -hmm. that there can be a competitive scene built off of it because there was a huge competitive scene for it back in the early 2000s or in the late 2000s, I guess you'd say, 2008, 2009. So I was like, this could be big. Well, when the game came out, we all downloaded it and tried it, and I was hooked immediately. And from that point forward, you know, the more content that I started to create for Rogue Company and the more that I saw the trend that the developers and the company was going on, the more I was like, it's a pattern, right? And I'm like, yeah. if I don't say anything, if I don't, I feel like if I don't go out there and address it, then nobody's going to address it. And it's going to be the same thing that happens. So that's yeah. how I started creating the current content that I'm making, where I talk about the updates and the bugs and like the balance changes and things like that. And giving my opinions on everything, because I feel like I have a very unique opinion on things and I look at things yeah. very differently, but also didn't want them to create the same mistakes that they did originally with paladins and that's kind of where i landed where i currently am to where now we're doing a podcast talking about all the updates community issues and everything and it's kind of grown into this more organic feeling content than what it originally was yeah so. and um I, and i can sort of sympathize with uh 
not not necessarily the pal- paladin standpoint, but I've seen that this similar pattern happened with Realm Royale. Yes. And my understanding is that two and a half years later, they've now decided they're going to start investing back into that. I and saw I really that. don't. Yeah, and I really don't hope Rogue Company have do this same pattern. Like you say, I don't want it to fall on death stores where two million people, so they claim, have downloaded it and played it and dropped it for whatever reason. Yeah. And then a year later, when loads of new games comes out or whatever, and they decide they want to start working on all the bugs, which they should have done months and months ago. I agree. I agree. Let, let me ask you about the Realm Royale thing, though. Um, just as an outsider looking into it, you know that the a game's been stagnant for so long, and they decide that they're going to start investing money and start investing time back into it. What what outcome do you personally see happening with it? I mean, so uh, it's a battle royale, right? And it mm-hmm. uh, shares the sort of similar visuals of Fortnite. Um, I can see that appealing uh, to a lot of people uh, if they were to relaunch it and done the right marketing campaign. Um, but ultimately, it does depend on if anything has changed and the right level investment goes into... Right. why people left that game in the first place. Because um, obviously it's fine to start employing people to create new content for it. That's fine. You can bring out every bit of content you want under the world, but if the core and the mechanics are not right, right. Um, and we've seen that with Rogue Company, you know, yeah. we've got the weapon mastery, which is probably the best thing that's ever happened to Rogue Company, in my opinion. Right. And you've got the best battle pass that's ever happened in Rogue Company, in my opinion. Yes. The cosmetics that are coming out now, are the best they've ever been. Yes. Yet the core mechanics of the game are broken. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And and that's one of those things where it's like, I love all of the Halloween cosmetics that they've come out. I love the battle pass. I love everything else that they've been able to release. It's like, at what point do you pivot into more of a technical standpoint when it comes to developing and designing and fixing a video game? And I guess that they have to like, I I know that like, and we talked about it. I think me and my buddies talked about it, like actually off recording and all that stuff. It's like high res doesn't have the, the manpower like a triple a game studio has where they have everything broken it up into such finite teams where it's like you group of 15, 20 people go focus on fixing bugs and you 15 or 20 people go focus on skins. It's kind of like everything is shared. A lot of the responsibilities seem to be shared and that that's a good thing because their ears a lot closer to the ground, but it's also a bad thing because, okay, what do you prioritize? Is it fixing bugs or is it putting content in the game? Yeah. And I I feel like they're, I feel like Rogue Company actually have had a really big budget. I mean, to say that they've had Shroud, Mr. Beast, Ninja, as well as I'm sure other content creators. I mean, Jack Frags was one of the people that have done a video on it, and it's had over like 2 million views, I think. To have such big content creators, you know, advertise your game and it's still, we're still having this conversation. Right, yeah. It is mind blowing. You would think if the game was really good mechanically and they would then pump all this money in now, like mm-hmm. if they fixed all the bugs first and got like outsourced, I don't know, got a team in, said, look, these are all the problems that the community have. Um, this is what we need to resolve. And then whatever money they had left, once they, you know, they had the battle pass, they have the weapon mastery, then they then throw the rest of the money at advertising the game, but the game's complete. 
think how much better it would be. New players would be coming in. They wouldn't be able to say, oh, this game's bugged. This game's whatever. Yeah, yeah they might not like the game, but that's yeah. going to happen with games anyway. Um, but at least they had the best experience of playing the game when they first download it. I feel like a lot of people have downloaded it, experienced something and thought, this ain't for me. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's probably what has happened. Yeah, I agree 100%. I mean, and, and kind of like uh, something that I've kind of thrown around here and there, it's like some of these bugs are so subtle that until you start investing a lot of time into the game, you actually don't start picking up that it's not a feature. It's a it's an actual bug in the game itself. So you're right. You have some of those bugs that I call them the creepers. They creep right up on you. You don't realize they're a bug until it's <laughs> happening to you. And then you have those blatant bugs like the the disconnect bugs, the deserter penalty bugs. And if I'm someone that's downloading the game for the first time to try it out, because one of my favorite content creators was playing it, I jump into a match and then I immediately get a deserter penalty. Yeah, I'm good. I'm going to move on to something else. You know? Yeah, I completely yeah, I understand. understand that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so since Rogue Company is the first game that you've created content for, um, would you consider creating content for any other games? Uh, I would always say never say never. Um, I think everything does have a shelf life, unfortunately, whether right. that's in your job, when that's in your personal life. Um, everything does have a shelf life. I'm dedicated and passionate, r really passionate about this game. Um, but there comes a point when you actually have to look at it and think, is this viable anymore? Um, right now, I still think it's viable. But if right. I was to create content for other games, um, probably be another shooter game. I'm, I do really enjoy shooters. As I mentioned earlier, I've played Counter-Strike from when I was 12. So that theme has always run throughout. I've always enjoyed shooting games. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I don't have a particular preference. Just whatever falls on my lap next. And if you play it and enjoy it, then creating content is a lot easier playing for something you enjoy rather than something just to get a, a thousand or two thousand views, you know, or whatever it may be. Absolutely. And I think that that's a common misconception from a lot of people from from someone's standpoint outwards looking in. It's like, well, if you create content for this game, you're constantly talking about the negative sides of the game. So why do you play something that you hate? And it's like, no, it's the complete opposite of that. I, I, yeah. I love it so much that I want it to be the best experience, not only for me, but for Joe Nobody down the street that just downloaded it on his Xbox. And I want him to jump into it and have just as, as good of a time as I've had in it. And that that's where everything kind of stems from. It's a love relationship with the game. It's just you have to talk about it from every angle. I think I think being over positive is almost toxic. Being yes. solely negative is destroying or adding toxicity into the into the community. So somewhere right. fine in between. I mean, me, as you mentioned earlier, because I'm always happy, it may seem that I come across as over over happy, but um I do voice my opinions. I, oh, I yeah. I'm not affiliated with Rogue Company. I did a video today that basically says everything that I feel about the game. And um yeah, I think there's a fine balance, isn't there, to sort of in the middle somewhere. Absolutely. And and I think that it's good to have different content creators approach the different angles of that and have someone that's just solely addressing what's happening with the game and they ha offer no input, no nothing like that. That's just as valuable as someone that is purely opinion based on every single thing that they say, because the way I kind of explained it in, a, in one of my YouTube comments one time was, if I say something that triggers someone to actually start thinking about something in a different way, and then they make a post about it on, let's say, the Reddit page, 
And then let's say one of the developers comes across that. So it's kind of like this, um, you know, um, six degrees of Kevin Bacon, right? You have this person that knows this person that has this idea that has this idea. And everybody takes an idea and they kind of think about it, rationalize it and tweak, tweak it on their own. Well, if someone sees that idea from the developer side or, or the community manager or anybody like that sees it and they're like, huh, now their wheels are spinning. Now they're thinking yeah. outside the box. Now that could create, it may be something completely opposite of what I said in a video six months ago, but it got some wheels turning in somebody's head and they're like, okay, we can kind of take this idea and we can, we can actually lay it out and explore it on a technical level and see what validity it actually has in our game. And I think it's yeah. good for people to actually put that out into the world because I mean, you've seen the developers for this game specifically interact with the community as much, if not more, than some of the other smaller developers that are creating games right now. They see and hear everything that's going on. The good, the bad, the positive, the negative. You can't tell me that something hasn't sparked something somewhere. Yeah, no, and, I agree. And I, and I think that that's a very important thing, especially if you love the game as much as we love the game. You have to get that out there and, and, and let them explore it and what makes sense for them. They're going to run with it. Talking about the issues within the game itself, what would you consider would be the main issues with the game? I think server stabilization is probably one of the biggest, as well as um, the queue at the moment. Do you know where it says someone went missing? Yeah. That seems to skip you out of queue more often than not at the moment. And yeah. um, I was actually streaming on, on Tuesday, and I was trying to run some custom games, and it happened three or four times in a custom game. Wow. Um, and the problem with that is, is it affects people, you know, like that affected my content particularly, but yeah. can you imagine if that was a tournament being played yeah. or a 10 K and the actual game is stopping them from playing a, a final or something else. If you think more outside of the box, more than just me. Yeah. So I, I think the stabilization of the servers and like the core running of the game of the engine, if you like, that is the biggest problem with the game. Forget everything else. Like there's little tiny bugs, and yeah. you know, I, I think people tend to make a bit of noise about aim assist being broken after the hot summer update. I think that's another big thing. Yeah. Um, but for me, that's neither here nor there. But the, the server thing in particular, definitely like number one for me. Yeah, and and I would agree with that one hundred percent because I think that a lot of the actual bugs and problems that they've had in the game, from my perspective, seems to stem from the fact that there are server irregularities that happen because like if we look at the invisible fire okay if if you, someone on your team throws, and i know that that's not a bug right now but i'm just going to use that as an example if someone throws a molotov and it hits the ground and you see it one of your teammates throws it and i can't see it then it wasn't uploaded correctly to me yeah you it was uploaded correctly to you but it wasn't uploaded correctly to me. So I agree 100%. I, I feel like if they would go in and, and try to get the servers in a very stable condition, uh, because a lot of the other inconsistencies, I feel like they would work themselves out or it would be easier to recreate those issues for them to actually fix the bugs with it. But, yeah, no, but, I agree. but like you said, if, if you can't even join into a match, let's say that you've got two hours to play after work and you try to drop, jump in a match and it keeps saying that there's no one, you know, someone went missing. What am I going to do? Let's go watch Squid Games. You know what I mean? Let's go watch Which Netflix. Is super, by the way, I've, I've got to watch it. Dirt Lord actually messaged me on vacation and he's like, stop what you're doing right now. 
and go watch Squid Games. I'm like, I'm at the aquarium. I just can't leave. My family's here, you know? <laughs> but I plan on getting on that very, very soon. No, it definitely is. It's probably one of the best watch I've watched in a little while. So um, and as for anyone that might be watching, definitely check it out. <laughs> Please, I've heard so many good things about it. He said that he started on episode one and then he, it was the next day and he finished it. I was like, wow. Exactly the same for me. Exactly wow. the same for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, in your opinion, what decisions could be made to put the game in a better state? And I think that you hinted at this a little bit earlier, but if you want to elaborate on it. Yeah, uh, so for me, um, we've not seen an arms dealer season three event. Um, right. that, could be, that could be an indication on, okay, do you know what? They've made an internal decision. We're not going to pump out an arms dealer season three. Um, we're going to try and focus some of our time and attention on the bugs. Now, one of the community man managers, uh, Mini White Rabbit, she's prevalent. She was on the stream the other day answering a lot of questions. She's been very prominent on Twitter and Reddit recently trying to gather information for the bugs. So I don't know if that suggests that backs up what I'm saying, but it definitely shows from what I understand more of a presence on trying to fit the bugs that already pre-exist. So I think that is definitely, I mean, what about yourself? Yeah, I mean, I think that Radthar summed it up best. I saw him make a comment on Twitter a while back where it's like, the canon update went the way that the canon update went. We can sit here and talk about, you know, that the servers were online and they had to take them offline. We could discuss all that. We've already done that in the first half of broadcast, actually. But um, I think that he said it best. They need to do a uh, a huge focus from now until the next season of doing bug fixes, server issues they need to just instead of releasing hot fixes one at a time the game is running except for the someone went missing bug because that is a massive thing but all yeah. the smaller bugs that need to be hammered out just trello them up like they already have and just try to squash as many of those as humanly possible and try to have because the season three update the season three release to me was very fluid uh, it wasn't the most fluid update that they've ever had, but considering the updates that came before it and since then, it's felt like the most fluid update. So I would say focus on all of that and then release season four. And I would be okay with them skipping over the arms dealer event myself personally, if that meant that they were actually focusing on trying to tackle some of these issues that are in the game. Yeah, no, I completely agree. For me, I, I mean... The cosmetics have been a bit more of the a replacement for Arms Dealer Season 3, if you like. We've got the Halloween yeah. theme. Um, there was no Halloween theme last year. Um, but sooner that they were buyable or you can pay for them, and that money that they generate from this, they maybe they can invest it on doing some of those things. Um, and that would sit right with me if it meant that they had to skip some content to make things better for the future. Um, I, I don't think anyone can argue about that. No, I don't think that they can either. And and I think that the people that can argue about that, can, if they would actually take a step back and be like, look, this is for this is for the best state of the game right now. So just kind of put it aside and just continue to play in the, you know, continue playing the game as it is now. And when that next update hits, it'll run 10,000 times better Then they'll be like, OK, that makes sense. You know, Cause yeah. I, I know it's easy to be like, well, no arms dealer event. And everybody's like wait a minute, like, let me get my pitchfork and my torch. You know what I mean? But like, no, nah, dude, just like calm down a little bit. Just relax. We'll get the bugs squashed. Then we'll get season. And I'm very excited about the season four update myself personally. Um, season three battle pass was phenomenal. And I can't wait. I don't even, I can't even imagine what they've got planned for us. So yeah. I, I'm very excited about that. 
Me too, me too. Um, if you were in charge, all right, Brad, you are the CEO of First Watch Games. All right, Mr. Brad. Um, what would you do? In the current um, state of the game, what would you do? I mean, I think I'd have to... Firstly, I think communicate. they need to put, make use of communication. I feel like communicate. there's a missing link between what's actually happening internally yes. and what's actually sort of being relayed or portrayed to the players, and who arguably are the most important part of, the, of any game, but Rogue Company we're talking about. Yeah. For me, if I was the director, or as you said, I would have to communicate my plans. I'll just be honest. I'd be like, look, we hold our hands up. The game at the moment is probably one of the worst states it's been in. These are the problems that are we know that are in the game. As a result, what we're going to do is X, Y, and Z. You know, we're going to get an external team to come on and help take all of your feedback uh, on board. And the next three weeks, um, till the end of the season three battle pass, we're going to do X, Y, and Z to just tackle as many as we can. Um, and I, I think people would really, really be happy with that. Yeah. Just some, some, a face and someone to go to that's going to almost reassure him to say, all right, do you know what? I'm not going to play Road Company for two or three weeks. I'm going to take some time out. I'm going to let them do their thing. And then I'm going to come back. Yeah. You know? I, but- yeah. I agree 100%. And this is, this is what I'll kind of liken it to. Um, Splitgate, right? Splitgate came out of nowhere and everybody blew up and loved the game, played the game. And when I saw a post from the developers that said, look, guys, we know that a lot of you people cannot queue into the game right now. We were not expecting such an overwhelming amount of people to actually come into the game and our servers honestly can't handle it. And when I saw that post, I'm like, this post would mean so much if it came from high res or first watch games, because More, I think more transparency isn't going to hurt anything. I think that no. I think that it's going to help everything, and it would be nice as well. And this is just kind of a side thing. I'd like to see another roadmap. I, I love the roadmaps that they've done in the past, where they said this is the plans going forward. This is what we're focusing our attention on. Like once they get the bugs, and just have that be one column in it. If you're going to do a three column like they have in the past. One column be bugs in giant letters and let that be that. And then next column, season four with uh, Brad as the new rogue and your apartment or your flat as the new map. Like I would love to play on it. I'm just saying, but you, you see what I mean though? Like I would love if they would bring that stuff back. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I understand that. I, I feel like what people want and what they would actually do uh, obviously two different things but that example there was split gate honesty was the best policy um recently with amazon new world they've done exactly the same thing you know some people experienced six hour queue times wow their servers were just not simply they were overwhelmed with the amount of people that were trying to play it right and two weeks later yeah they still got bugs but the queuing issue is less of a problem they've spent some time they fix what they can, and it's in a lot better state than it was on on launch. Maybe because some players have dropped off because they've got tired of it. Right. But um, at least they can return to it at some point, and it's that's not the same problem anymore. And I think that's that's the mo- that's the key takeaway for the, for that particular question. People want to come back and not experience the same thing that they did last time. And I think that's been where whatever point or what season you take from Row Company, 
each season has had its own problems. Uh, but the one thing that I would say has been consistent more or less from season zero to now has always been the servers. So that is, that's what they really need to focus on. Yes, yes, I agree 100%. Um, on a little bit of a lighter note, what is your favorite part of Rogue Company? I'm very interested. Do you know, do, do you know what? My favorite thing, and it maybe it comes across in my um, videos, I love the cosmetics. I think that's what drew me into Fortnite, um, as well as the gameplay. But the cosmetics for me, um, I think you spend so much time in your life being serious. You know, in my job, I'm serious. Yeah. In a game, I want to break away and be less serious. And I think the skins, the variations, and the different creati uh, creativity that you see in them, it brings some happiness to me. I don't know how sad that is, but <laughs> no, that that's... is probably one of that's one of my favorite things. Seeing the different skins and emotes. Um, obviously, I enjoy the gameplay, but that's not the key thing I love. Um, but yeah, <laughs> that... there you go. My guilty pleasure's been revealed. <laughs> <laughs> I love it though, man. And and like you said, their creativity and and them kind of uh, embracing the the Halloween season. I've been waiting for this turning point because I knew it was going to happen eventually. We had a couple of uh, what I would consider outlier skins to begin with, like the Wasteland Vice skin. It's like this is completely different. This isn't really like. I guess focused on like military or spec ops or anything like that. And then it, the Scorch skin with season one battle. Wow. I'm like, this is amazing, you know? And then it's just gotten better and better. And I'm glad that they finally fully embraced the goofy because I love the Halloween skin so much. And I can't wait to see what they do going forward because I, I understand like that uh, AMA that uh, radar and um, mini white did uh, about licensing. Someone asked them about, about licensing characters and creating skins and things like that. And they said, you know, basically it's going to be a lot of legal work. It's going to be a lot of money to dump into it. But that's not stopping them from dropping like a seeker superhero. You know, just seeker standing there loud and proud, you know, with his white boy accent. You know what I mean? Like they yeah, can yeah. take they can take those ideas, tweak them just enough, like the Robocop Max skin. You know, it's not RoboCop, but it's RoboCop. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And I'm excited to see how they play with that going forward and, and see how they work some of that stuff into not only their battle passes, but also more events that they have coming up. Because they did say that they have great plans for events coming up. And I'm interested to see, you know, from, from a story, like a lore aspect, as well as just from a cosmetic aspect, how all that's going to work together. Because, I mean, you could basically say that the rogues are all going to a Halloween party. Bam! You got some sweet Rogue Company skins, right? So I love it. I'm I'm excited to see what they do in the future with that, man. Um, what do you personally think Rogue Company excels at? Um, for me, gunplay. Uh, the balance of guns. I know, give or take uh, a couple here or there. Some are really bad, and a couple are exceptionally good. But the combination of gunplay gun and the abilities of each rogue really, for me, really does excel. Um, I feel like the abilities are not too prominent where it's really gimmicky. Yes. Um, and the gunplay is, satisf is satisfying. I feel like the time to kill is just about right. Yes. Um, and I've never really liked games where it takes ages to kill someone say like an apex or or like a halo where you're shooting at them for maybe one mag or two mags here it's like i say the time to kill feels right um so i think that's where rogue company excels 
I, I agree with you 100%. And that's, to me, to answer the previous question on my part as well, my favorite part is the gunplay. And I think that that's what it excels at. Now, like you said, there are a few weapons that need a little bit of adjusting. Not not major adjusting, but just a little bit of tweaks here and there. And, I mean, personally, me, I thought that the weapon mastery system was going to just completely break the game. But they went in... I think it was either that update or the update before where they adjusted um, a lot of the bloom with the weapons. They adjusted, you know, uh, all of the inconsistencies with the weapons. They kind of toned everything down a little bit and it basically made everything all across the board viable in one way or another. Um, and I love the fact that I could go in with just the default guns that the rogue have. And, you know, as long as my game awareness is good and my positioning is good, I have just as much, survivability as picking someone that had you know or swapping weapons in between rounds and i yeah. love that aspect of it that's one of my favorite parts and i think they've done a really good job as well like i thought maybe in a pubs game you would see just the meta guns i thought where the ka-30 was broken i thought right fine everyone's just going to master the ka-30 the whole lobby is going to be ka-30 actually my experience is completely the opposite maybe it's because everyone's grinding still but everyone's using every gun. I still see yeah. the M4 being used. I still see other guns being used, um, which probably aren't the the most, uh, I don't know, consistent guns, if you like. Right. Um, but yeah, I think they've done a solid job on that. Yeah, and I'm excited uh, to see what what weapons they introduce into the game in the future and, and how that's going to impact everything. Because I have a feeling that since they have a baseline now of where they want the TTK to be and how they want the weapons to be balanced, I think that the inclusion of new weapons, they may be a little bit overpowered or underpowered at release, but it's not going to be anything astronomical like, you know, the conviction was like that thing was a melter when it f was first released. And now it's kind of fallen off in my opinion yeah. over the mall, you know, cause the, I, I enjoy the mall play style more. And that's really what it comes down to. I enjoy the play style of X weapon over this other weapon. And that's, yeah. that's the way that it should have been the whole time. And, and I'm happy. Let me ask you this real quick. The original TTK changes whenever they up the damage for everything. How did you feel about that? Um, so my f initial opinion was I didn't like it on the basis that you've played a game for a long while and it complete. I was playing ranked demolition at the time and it completely changed the way you played in the right. sense that you could overextend and it, the game was a lot more forgiving pre t uh, time to kill change. Right. But had, had you played it for maybe two, four, five days and got used to it and not peaked as much and changed your play style, then I think it would have been fantastic. Right. Um, but yeah, like I say, my initial impression was I didn't like it. But yeah. then, you know, they reverted it a bit too quickly, I think. Right. Uh, they should have maybe left that in there for a while. And uh, then maybe if they done a vote or something, yeah. um, rather than off, off a few bad tweets on Twitter... Yeah. Or what, however they decided to change it, um, a vote would have probably sufficed more. But there you go. I think that rubbed up a, a lot of people in the community uh, in the first instance. Uh, do you prefer the damage values being changed or the accuracy of the weapons uh, when it comes to time to kill? Um, tough question. For me, damage values would probably make it easier to understand in the sense that 
you know, if you're trying to calculate how quick to kill someone, yeah. you can't really do that if you're just saying, right, well, this gun's a bit more stable than it was before. And I think to the everyday casual player, yeah, okay, it might make a small difference. Um, but I think, yeah, I just think the damage things are a bit easier to understand. What about you? Uh, to me, honestly, just from me playing the game and my experiences with it, I honestly preferred the accuracy because okay. uh, to me, this is just kind of what, you know, my perspective on it. It's like you can increase uh, the damage of the weapons themselves and you get a lot of lucky shots in Rogue Company. I've yeah. got a lot yeah. of lucky <laughs> shots. You've got a lot. Everybody's got lucky shots. And sometimes you get lucky shots that you're not even meaning to have as a lucky shot. It's just a random, a random bullet hits a random person and downs them. Um, to me, whenever you introduce the accuracy of the weapons, then the developers can't factor in the accuracy of the individual. And I think that that makes it more skilled. Even though, even though the weapons are easier to handle, even though the recoil is not as bad or the bloom is not as bad, that that they still have to, you still have to factor in your own personal skill into that. Whenever mm -hmm. to me, what it felt like when they did the original TTK changes was okay. It's going to take one less bullet to down someone. That means that I can peek on this person sooner while they're running at me, or I know not to peek quite as long. The bloom's going to be there. The you know inaccuracy the inconsistency of the weapon is still going to be there so even if you're you know at medium range shooting someone and bullets are missing it's going to feel worse even though it's doing more damage than if it's almost pinpoint accurate and you're nailing every shot so that yeah. that's just my perspective on it okay yeah no that's that's very interesting yeah i have a weird brain <laughs> <laughs> um Okay, this is kind of a weird question, and, and the reason that I threw this question in there is to just kind of get your opinion since you do stream and you do create content for the game. Do you feel like the majority of the creators that have left Rogue Company um, left the game because they were suffering from Rogue Company fatigue? So, I would say, uh, I literally done this in a video earlier. So you had three of the top ones, and, and please correct me if I'm wrong, Die Hard, also of course, and Chloe. They were the three top ones from yeah. my understanding. And now you've got Tragedy and Radfar, and there's probably some other ones that I don't know about. The three that have left, I feel like Die Hard, he probably was fatigued. I feel like he got to a ceiling where he thought, you know what, I'm getting so many views, but I'm I'm capped now. There's yeah. not uh, you know, there's not a big enough audience for where his aspirations um, right. maybe you know and since then he's gone on and he's doubled his uh subscribers he's got his first million um video million view video and i feel like he's achieved that by getting outside of road company so for him i don't think it was road company fatigue i think he just his aspirations outgrew the game and the audience right for some for some of the other people chloe he was very competitive i think the 10k for him um probably wasn't uh, um Probably wasn't big enough, maybe. I don't know. Right. But he's gone on to Splitgate. He's won a tournament, and he's trying his hand in other games as well. So I think that's maybe Claude's reason. Also, of course, he actually done a video to say that he was kind of burnt out, and actually the game was, wasn't was really that fun for him anymore. And um, all of them may maybe have that element in it, but I right. think they all had their own individual reasons. Now, Radfar, the next biggest, he's been on a month break or just over a month break. So he was probably burnt out. 
Then you've, like I say, the next one is Tragedy. Uh, tragedy. <laughs> uh, but he's been pumping out content for as long as I can remember. Yeah. And um, people absolutely love his skill and gameplay. Uh, but there will come a point in time when I'm sure he'll get tired of playing the same game. Um, yeah. And, you know, and if I'm being completely honest with you, I feel that from time to time playing Rogue Company as well. Um, there's only so much you can do something over and over and over and over again. Yeah. So with, without getting tired, you know. Right. So, um, sorry to answer in a bit long-winded way, but I feel like each one has had their own individual reasons. But right. I feel like each individual probably has their own reasons as well as suffering a bit of rogue fatigue. Right. Um, yeah, and and I agree with you on that as well because, like, you know, I I make content exclusively for YouTube, and the reason that I create content exclusively for YouTube is because my job and my personal life doesn't really allow me the opportunity to stream the game. So yeah. I usually get online uh, and I'm central time, usually start playing around eight o'clock and I end playing around 10, 10 30, something like that. Uh, and I play three to four times a week, at, you know, sometimes five, if there's a big update, like when Canon came out, I got on there and grounded as much as I could so that I could actually talk about Canon in the broadcast, things like that. Um, but I also split some of my uh, gameplay between Rogue Company and a couple other games, like Back for Blood just came out. I'm a huge Left 4 Dead fan. We're going to start playing that probably this weekend. Uh, I may create some content for that. It just depends on how everything goes, but I am going to record it just in case. And so I don't experience the fatigue. I don't experience the frustrations that a lot of people do because having to sit down, you know, at your at your station, at your command center, you know, and and have a camera on you and know that people are currently live and watching you and and having to like not really censor yourself but to but more or less like be aware that there are people there you have to focus on the game you have to focus on the questions you have to be entertaining at the same time i could see where that would be very overwhelming very quickly yeah do you know what i would actually say so i started streaming i did originally start streaming um, and then I stopped and I felt guilty taking uh, subscriptions off people, which is why I stopped. Right. Um, I've, I've got a main job. It's not my source of income. It's just a, a hobby. Right. And uh, so I stopped. And I was also camera shy when I first started as well. I'm actually a really shy person. I know I don't come across shy and people will probably say, you're not shy. But um, I think it's hidden quite well. Um, but then now I've started streaming again to play, talk, and keep people entertained is a skill in itself. It's very, very challenging. And I only stream like two, three hours at a time, so very right. short periods. There are people that stream six, seven hours. I don't know how they do it, but hats off to them. Yeah, yeah, legitimately, man. And and it's something I've considered in the future, maybe on a sa Saturday, every other Saturday, whatever, maybe hopping on and anybody that is subscribed that wants to play or just anybody that wants to hop on to play. And that would be an easy way to communicate all the information while I'm live. That way we could set everything up. But I just don't see how people do it. Like, how does, how does Jack stream for uh, 600 hours straight? Like, how does he do it? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> he, he is not a man. He is a god or something. I don't know. I don't understand it. Yeah, no, he's, yeah, he's, he's a guy. I don't, I don't know how he does it either. <laughs> I don't get it. And I'll pop on and I'm like, what's up, man? And he's like, he, he, just the same time, what's up? It's yeah. like, new world. I'm like, cool, man. How's everything yeah. going? And then... The light goes on and he's like, hey, man, it's going great. And I'm like, whoa, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it yeah. took him a second. I'm like, dude, you've been awake way too long. He's like, no, nah, I'm good. 
I'm good. We've got to capture this territory. And I'm like, I'm supporting you. I'm not in the game, but I've got you back, man. I'm right there oh, with you. That's funny, man. Um, where do you see yourself in one year? Um, or where would you like to be in one year? So I originally set myself a goal and the internet is an amazing thing. So in the first year, I thought if I, so my first few videos I uploaded, right? Yeah. I was getting like 30, 30 views and no subscribers whatsoever. So I thought, right, I'm going to try calculate where I'd be at the end of one year. Now, I thought at the end of one year, I'd have 100 subscribers and around about 10,000 views. Right. That's what I was thinking. As long as I uploaded every day, they were the numbers I thought I might hit. Now, nine months later, and arguably, I would say first three, four months probably didn't count because I was just trying to learn everything. Right. I've got 1,200 subs, nearly 1,003, and over 125,000 views. So I'm completely mind blown and taken back by that level of viewership and support that people have shown me. So where I see myself in a year, I wouldn't like to say because <laughs> I really don't know. But I've absolutely blown my expectations. Um, it's such a great thing. I'm just so glad that I started and I'm thankful for everyone and yourself that give me this opportunity every day to enjoy and experience something that I've always wanted to experience and be a part of, you know? Right. And I love the content that you're making, man. I try to watch every single video that I possibly can. Uh, my wife enjoys watching your videos because she has a thing for accents. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, she really <laughs> likes Jack's accent. And I'm like, I'm not getting him on discord. I don't know. Uh, that's not going to happen. Um, but I love the content that you've been creating and, and hats off to you, man, for, for what you've been able to accomplish in, in relatively such a short amount of time. I mean, it's flown by, right? Yeah, honestly, it really has. Like, I never ever thought that, you know, to be consistent as well, um, yeah. like yourself, like to do it almost every single day. Um, there becomes a point where you think, ah, oh, you know, you might have that mental block where it's like, I'm not really feeling it today, or I don't, or maybe I'll just do it next week. I'm so surprised that it hasn't happened. And I think that's where I've been thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying doing it. Yeah. Um, they does. They always say, don't they? If you do something you enjoy, it doesn't feel like a job. And yeah. not that this is my job, but it could be a job one day. Who knows? Yeah. But um, I don't consider it that uh, because I just literally get such a kick out of making content. And um, but where do you see yourself in a year's time? Uh, to be honest, I'm really not sure. <laughs> Um, the, the channel has been growing, you know, people are coming in, uh, a lot of conversations are happening in the comment section and really, I just want to continue to be able to put out quality content. And that's at the end of the day, that's all I wanted to do. Like I said earlier, you know, I started creating content as like a time capsule and it's kind of evolved into what it currently is. And as long as there is something that I'm passionate about that, like you said, doesn't feel like a job, it doesn't feel like work. And as long as I enjoy doing it and the people that watch me enjoy it, I'm fine with it. It, it can go as big or as small as it wants to go. Yeah, um, yeah. Not I have a full-time job. You know, this isn't my, my job much like yours. Uh, and I just do it as a passion project basically at the end of the day. Um, so I'm not expecting to get rich quick or I'm not expecting to get this huge following or anything like that. I'm just expecting to put some very weird thoughts and opinions out into the world and just see what comes of it. Yeah, no, no, very much the same. It seems like we're in the same boat there. 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, and with, with your trajectory right now, this time next year, I'm going to have to beg you for an interview. Yeah, no, <laughs> Please. no, no. Do, do, do you know what? One thing that I'll always, I'll always have is time for people. I think that's one of the most important things. Um, and that, uh, the people say that, you know, as you climb the ladder and stuff, you become a bit arrogant or whatever. I think my personality and my upbringing is very much to the sense that I'll always remember the people that gave me a chance. And if I can bring them and drag them along with me, believe me, I will. Well, that sounds fantastic. I love that response, man. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Rogue Company, though, where do you see it in one year? Or where would you like to see it at in one year? Um, so we're probably, I mean, if we're looking at every three months being a season, um, hopefully we're in season eight if they continue to support it into season eight. So hopefully we're in the eighth battle pass. I would like to think maybe eight new rogues have dropped, but who knows? Um, I see Clinics' is, um, uh, video the other day where they're actually talking of making a PvE-type game mode, but using the Rogue universe. Yeah. So that may be some form of uh, co-op game. So maybe that's already dropped and it sits aside Rogue Company. Maybe it drops within Rogue Company. Who knows? Um, but I'd definitely like to see what we've seen in year one build on year two. So better battle passes, more content, more cosmetics, continual updating um but hopefully on the ground up that every all the bugs that we've just spoken about over the last however long that is sorted first yes yes and and that honestly is 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 makes me very excited for what's going to be coming up in the next year man and i would like the pve thing that clinics has been talking about i love watching his videos and, and his his side of the story on everything kind of where he sees it and and I think that that would be a great way to uh, incorporate not only lore, but also um, if it doesn't release within Rogue Company itself, then you can have that cross branding where you get cosmetics and you get these things. Characters can be introduced into this game that can be brought over into this game and vice versa. It would really yeah. open them up to a world of possibilities at that point. And, and yeah. I would love to see that. And I want my first Jackal character. I want to play the bad guy one time because Mac's not really a bad guy. It's kind of like, you know, is Darth Vader really a bad guy? It's like, that's a whole nother discussion. You know what I mean? That gray area there. Um, But I would love to see the first Jackal operative actually dropped into the game because sometimes we just want to be bad, you know? Can't be be bad at work. Can't be bad at home. Let me get online and be bad in a video game, you know? Yeah. And I definitely think they've got some good rogues. If they were to cross over some of these rogues into the what we call the rogue PvE, you know, there's definitely some abilities that would be really, really useful if you was going into co-op. Like, you know, you've got Cannon's Gatling Gun. If you had a wave of enemies, that would be useful. If you're going through a long level and you ammo was an issue, then runway would be a good choice. Yes. Um, so there's definitely like rogues and their abilities that would come into play, or I would think so anyway, yeah. um, in different scenarios that could play out in a PvE mode. So. Oh, that would be fantastic. I, I like where your brain's at with that. That's awesome. <laughs> um, all right. Who is your absolute favorite rogue of all time that's been released so far? So it was Dahlia. Uh, I think I've got about eight days played with Dahlia. Uh, wow. I used to play a lot of ranked. Um, so I've got, I think I've got about 30 days overall. And uh, so 33% of my time has been spent with Dahlia. More recently, uh, because I'm grinding a lot of weapon mastery, 
one of my favorite and fun rogues to play is actually Switchblade. Yeah, um, she is a powerhouse, man. Yeah, so she's super fun to get clips. Um, but my favorite looking rogue, um, and the, the rogue that I think has the best skins and everything else, is actually Ronin. Yes, I agree 100%. Mm. Um, if I had to pick the best looking rogue, it's got to be Dallas. I mean, that hair. It is <laughs> yeah, beautiful. Is, yeah, I, I can't get over <laughs> it. Every time I see Dallas, that's not someone that's not using the dock skin, I'm just like, if I had a time machine, I could look like that. I don't know what <laughs> happened, you know? Uh, and, he, and his cowboy voice lines are really good as well. I I'm, really do like them. Yeah, I, I love his concept as a character. Like just the, the personality, the ability and 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 just the look of him as cause it's like, well, how do you bring like a gunslinger to the game? They figured out yeah. how to do it. It's perfect, you yeah. know? Yeah, especially no, he's, he's a great character. Especially from where I'm from, you know. I'm from the south, so everybody wants to be a gunslinger for some reason. Like they're gonna show up, you know what I mean? When the when the when the clock strikes twelve, there's not going to be anybody standing in the middle of the street. Let's be honest here, you know. <laughs> the um, purge. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right. <laughs> so, uh, with that, where can everyone find you? Okay, so I do a bit of everything. Um, so on YouTube, you can search Brad UK. Um, I do row company content, not as good as Griffin, but I do give it a go. And um, on Twitch, you can find me, Brad UK one and I stream Monday to Wednesday there, uh, 8 British summertime till late. Uh, so be sure to drop in and say hi. Um, but really, I'm a guest of Griffin, and uh, keep supporting Griffin, because uh, we need to get into that 1,000 mark. Well, anybody that's not subscribed to Brad, just head on over there and hit that button right now. Do yourself a favor. I mean, look, he is the happiest Rogue Company content creator. I could never watch one of your videos and be like, my day sucks now. I'm always like, let's go play some Rogue Company right now. We just watched a Brad video, you know? Um, but yeah, thank you. I appreciate you, bro. No, man, I appreciate you coming on and giving us a little bit of insight into um, how you got started, where you currently are, where you want to be, and, and your thoughts and opinions on what Rogue Company is and what I think the whole community wants it to be. So thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes of your day to, to sit down and have, have this interview with us, man. No, the pleasure's mine. I wish you all the best and your family, and I hope you enjoyed your vacation, and uh, I'll see what I can do in the future, and hopefully we can do this again sometime. Absolutely, man. I will definitely set something up in the future. We'll get together. We'll make some, some explosions happen and some jokes had, and we'll have a good time, man. All right, thanks for having me. Take it easy, brother. You too, man. Thank you. First and foremost, I want to thank Brad for joining us in this first ever Rogue Company Community Creator Spotlight. I plan on doing more of these in the future, but I wanted the very first one to be with Brad. He is a fantastic content creator for Rogue Company. So if you haven't, please be sure to go over and check him out. I'll leave links in the description down below to his Twitch page, YouTube page, Twitter, uh, Reach out to him, let him know that you saw him on the interview, and if you have any other questions, I'm sure that he would be more than happy to answer anything that you guys have for him. Also, I want to thank the other guys for coming on, of course, the first half of the broadcast. They're currently not with me, but let me know in the comment section down below what you guys think of the canon update and what you think of canon as a character itself. Also, if you want to contribute to the broadcast in any way whatsoever, please be sure to hit us up on Twitter at broadcast. You can shoot us an email, broadcast at gmail.com. 
or you can check the description down below for a link to the uh, Discord page. In the Discord page, there is a link to the um, broadcast contributions. If you have anything that you want to contribute to the podcast going forward, please be sure to check that out and, and send us some feedback that way. And, and thank you guys so much for all of the support and all of the encouragement from all of the broadcast episodes. And please, please help us continue to go forward and to make this the best Rogue Company podcast that it can be. Thanks for watching, guys. Thanks for listening. And we will catch you on the next episode of the unofficial, official, unofficial Rogue Company podcast, The Broadcast. Thank you, guys.